Welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast with myself, Roy Shanahan, and joining me as always is Nathan Doyle and Neve McGee from TheBigKickoff.com. Last night, Derry City took on champion Shamrock Rovers, but unfortunately for the Candy Stripes, it was another familiar result. Rovers winning 2-0 with goals from Gaffney and Bourke. Nathan, Derry have drawn on Friday. They have done dock on Tuesday. These are going to be huge games for Declan Devine and this team, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely massive, as you say, bro. Uh, sitting bottom of the table with, with no points in the board whatsoever. And already that's the staring at it, what's going to be probably a very difficult season. Like Even looking uh, at, at the squad against Shamrock Rovers, it's such a young side, isn't it? Like, like it really, I think that was my second time now actually getting to watch Derry City live and it really, really is a really young side. And they had a suspension as well, which doesn't help matters. In fairness, again, he thought he were, he were decent in the opening 40 minutes. Actually, even probably better decent. He probably would have been the best side in the opening half an hour. I thought that the, uh, the young lads uh, in particular, Boyce um, uh, had, had a decent game. Uh, Will Patchen had plenty of energy uh, up in the midfield in the opening 40 minutes. And I thought the high press that they were, they were using uh, worked pretty well. He, he put Shamrock Rovers under a bit of pressure and he caused a couple of, uh, couple of defensive errors with, with the ball at their feet. But he just, you, you could see the bit of class took over in the end with Shamrock Rovers and after the open half an hour, Derry City just fizzled out. Actually, somewhat similar to how they performed against St. Pat's uh, last week. I thought, again, Derry were really good for the opening portion of the game and then just fell by the way, so it's completely. Nave, Rovers look like they started the season, I suppose like they finished last season. Are they still the team to be? Yeah, look, they're slowly rising up the table, aren't they? Uh we kind of were expecting Dundalk to be up with them, but that's obviously not happened. But look, like one thing I noticed with the Derry game specifically was that Derry, like a lot of clubs, you were mentioned that a few weeks ago, they were playing from the back a lot, weren't they? And uh, that just meant Shams were pressing high, which is something they do very well. And a lot of teams are doing that. They're playing from the back and it becomes too familiar because we've only got so many teams. And Shams do very well then because they can just keep pressing high and that's exactly what they did. And like Nathan said, Derry played very well in the first 15-20 minutes, I thought. Very, very well. They had a lot of possession, good linkage play, everything like that. But they just didn't have the creativity once they got the ball. You know, they didn't make many chances out of that possession that they did have. Then they lost it when the two goals came. And, uh, yeah, I think that's one thing Shams do very well. They press high. They go in the counter-attack very well with that first goal. Like, that was just a brilliant strike. So, things like that is what's going to keep them going ahead and that's what people need to, or the club needs to be careful with that is the playing from the back thing they need to start playing long I think a bit more Yeah and we, Niamh we were talking about Jordan Gibson's goal against uh, Waterford being contender for a goal of the season Graham Bourke hit one from the halfway line who, who would you pick if you had to pick now between those two for a goal of the season? Oh, well, I'm probably a bit biased with me, don't I? <laughs> I'm going to go with Gibson. I just thought like, it was just in between the crossbar. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I don't even know why. That didn't even trigger in my head. You know that? And now it's, it's yeah. all coming now. <laughs> uh, Nathan, we'll, we'll try an unbiased side from you. Who would you pick? Yeah, come on. You're going to ask an unbiased side. You're going to ask the same Pat fan if they're going to pick Shamrock Rovers players over anybody else. <laughs> Who lives in Sligo. <laughs> Lives in, lives in Sligo, yeah. Um, 
or is it just something to do with the tactics and the managerial question? And you have to really look at that. A few games in, is it the players or is it the managers? And I think a lot of people would say it is the managers. So I think it's what's keeping them down the table a lot. I don't think it's the quality. Like, that's not lacking. The players aren't lacking. You've got good players stuck in there, like Shields, Gartland, they remain. So, yeah, you really have to look at that. It's, uh, it's the question, really, of who would take over. And that's the thing. Well, I'll tell you who'll take over. Roddy Collins will take over because Roddy's in the <laughs> Roddy's in the, the the press again today, and he's trying to get his name out there. And I wouldn't be surprised if that was the angle that he was looking for. He was talking about Stephen Kenny. He believes Stephen Kenny doesn't have the necessary experience to be Ireland manager. He says Stephen is out of his depth. He was out of his depth at Bowes as well. Stephen was a manager for eight years when he went to Bowes. A great lad, very well organised. He went to Bowes. Too many big personalities. They weren't having it, and he basically said that he won the league with Bowes uh, off the back of uh, when Collins was there himself and and he, and he won the, the couple of leagues. He said that when I managed against Steven, you'd make a tactical switch. There'd be no reaction. That came to light in the Serbia game. A half time against Serbia, they changed and we didn't. I was fren- forensically analysing the game. I wrote down at times 52, 60 odd and 67 minutes. Nothing changed from our tactical switch uh, that pinned us up and killed us. Tactically, Stephen, for me, wouldn't be up there for the speed of international football. He has a lot of good attributes. He's a good man-manager and he's a likeable person. He won leagues with Dundalks and, Bo- and Bowes. He got relegated with Dunfermline. He got to a cup final, but bad teams get to cup finals where top teams go unbeaten in leagues. Dundalk, basically, I'll, I'll, I'll summarise it, Dundalk won these leagues, but I would basically win those leagues uh, with the investment that they had up there. So, Nathan, what's that all about? Like, is, is He doesn't need to come out and start trashing Stephen Kenny. He's, he's, he's hardly looking for the Ireland job because he wouldn't get it. But is he is he just throwing a few shapes and, and trying to get people to notice him again to get back into the game? I think it's just Roddy Collins being Roddy Collins, isn't it? And no, I like Roddy I think Roddy's a good personality. But Jesus, I wouldn't want him anywhere near Richmond Park and like he's, that's what he is. He's, I think he might just be angling a little he's been out of he's been out of game now for quite a while. Maybe he is angling for a little bit of a return to uh, the football. You never know, could you see the, the return at the Rod Squad? That was an absolute belt in documentary. And I just remember that one. <laughs> yeah. the, the Rod Squad and uh, on Satanta Sports, or Satanta right. Ireland, whatever it was. That was a grim, a grim Saturday night game for anybody. Uh, not even, actually, we're only looking at the at the article now. You just went out. You, you missed an absolute belt out of a quote there, Roy, uh, later down. Uh, one through the domestic football. If you gave me half the budget, I'd win the league in two years in Irish football. I'd win the Premier League in two years. I'm absolutely certain of that one. <laughs> oh, oh, man. I like Roddy. I like Roddy, but now, um, maybe he is. Maybe angry for a role. I think he has his own company now. Doesn't he think he's, he's, he's working in some sort of trade, uh, tradesmanship now since he left football? Maybe that's not really going too well. Because I would it's say situation. it's not. It's, it's not as... Uh, as entertaining and as exciting, I wouldn't say anyhow. But sure, didn't he? Didn't he manage in Carlisle? So he had his chance in England. No, yeah. Carlisle probably wouldn't be the. Uh, there was a documentary on that too. I think he just likes to, maybe he's in, in the humour for another documentary somewhere. So, um, anyhow, listen, he's out there, and and as he said, we all kind of like Roddy for for the character that he is. 
Um, and listen, he's won a few things too, so you can't go knocking him. Uh, Euro 2020 looking more unlikely to be coming to Dublin. Nave, is it safe for Dublin to host games or the government can't give any sort of indication of whether they're going to allow people in because, listen, they don't know their ass from their elbow. They don't know what's happening anyhow. So if they don't know, it means the FAI don't know, which means... UEFA don't know so it doesn't matter a damn if it's safe or not we, we, there's probably never going to be a chance anyhow is there? Yeah that's the thing it's so in the dark so much uncertainty and people aren't going to buy tickets for their supporters aren't going, planning going to it if they don't even know down the line if it's happening or not or if they're going to be allowed in so I think there's regulations in place as well you have to have so much crowds at the games in order to host the Euros something along those lines so if we can't meet those standards you're going to get in trouble then with the UEFA and things like that so you just have to look at it economically as well. Are we in a place really to take in people like that? Are the hotels going to be open? Is the mandatory quarantine going to be in place? Is the transport ready? Things like that. And I don't think it is safe bringing in people like that just for something like this. Um, it's not really feasible. And I don't think they'd make the money back either. So it could give Ireland a bad reputation for football as well. If it did go wrong, it did bring in cases and it did cause harm like that, you know. Yeah, Nathan, with everything the way it goes with our country and and our government being, you know, so incompetent, we look at them again with the the injections, uh, the the vaccine, you know, that was always going to stutter along and it was never going to go to plan, even though they told us that they had this great plan. So even when January came around and everything flared up, this Euro 2020 thing or 2021 now it really was never a runner, was it? And, and it's not a runner. No, I don't think so. It's um, I think we'd all like to see it in, in the ideal world, but probably not in the current situation. You know, it's, people are looking at the been safety force, but it's again, it's just something that's been left exposed at the last minute. You know, I think what it was two actually today. We actually got an email about it. I think it was two months from the day out from from the first game that's going to be held in Dublin, and was still there's no hundred percent confirmation of if it was going to go ahead or not. Like you said, it's it, it, you know, the government have to have a massive say in what's going on. And I know it's what, a football podcast, not a political podcast, but I for one have zero confidence in anything that's, that's the same uh, in that through the whole COVID situation. Like you said, when, when we were talking about the rollout with the vaccines, and you could see in there with so slow, with so stop start, it's, it's just it's, it's horrendous to watch. And I think it's. When you were saying the, you just all got excited. I think as football fans, and you know, twenty twenty was was announced coming to Dublin. You know, it would have been a, a massive thing for Irish sport, and it would have been a massive thing for the Irish economy as well. During normal times, you know, like hotels, pubs, things like this would have been absolutely booming. Uh, during that that week, I feel where when the games would have been in Dublin. But uh, yeah, I think the longer they go on, uh, the, the the less so it's going to happen. The, I know they're waiting on the wafer. This is waiting on Dublin, Munich, and Bilbao. To, um, to come back and, and, and confirm that you can have uh, fans in the ground because you wave are adamant that you have to have at least 24% uh, of the capacity of the stadium inside the ground. So, yes, so Dublin, Munich and Bilbao have until the 19th of April to make that decision. But we're, we're pushing closer to that date and speaking from a Dublin point of view, yes, yeah, looking extremely unlikely as the days go on. 
Yeah, well, if they get that football match on in those in in the ground over over June, uh, they better get the Chemical Brothers on down in Cork because I have tickets for that and I really want to go. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, listen, there's been lots of updates lately, Nathan, regarding League of Ireland stadiums and the revamps. You know, with Daily Mount and Finn Harps, absolutely brilliant for Finn Harps to get the money that they got, uh, and something we've been shouting for and constantly talking that the government should be putting more money into the the infrastructure of League of Ireland clubs, giving them the leg up that they've given the GAA and this is not a, a football versus GAA thing this is just listen this is uh, something that can create jobs it's something positive in, in for a whole section of, of life people follow football they go to matches they it's it's, it's just it, it's something that's needed uh, they won't go to games if, if the, the stadium is falling apart so there's definitely stadiums out there that need to be done so let's just have a little talk about it. Neve, I've never been down to Sligo's, the showgrounds. Tell us about the showgrounds. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, revamped there a few years ago. I have to say it is one of the better, not to be biased again, but it is one of the better League of Ireland grounds. We've got new stands put in, we've put new seats in stands, it used to just be standing stands, put up a few rooms as well. And I seen someone on Twitter there the other day saying uh, you could do the weekly shopping in our tuck shop. <laughs> we have a lot of oh, stuff yeah. in here as well. We have a merchandise shop and stuff like that. So. Yeah, it's a brilliant ground, brilliant pitch as well. Um, yeah, we've done a lot on it actually in the last few years. It really has improved. That's great. So Sligo don't need money. That's one off the list. That's grand. Um, same Pats, uh, we'll go with Nathan. I've been down in Richmond. Um, Richmond hasn't changed really, bar, you know, the, the, the little red thing in the corner beside the, the other seats. Uh it's it's and I know they've knocked down the shed and what have you, but there's never been really too much investment going into it, has there? No, and in fairness, there's nowhere you can really go. You know, they're hemmed in with the main roads to the right hand side, the Kamak River and the left, and you have the, the apartment blocks behind uh, behind the shed end. So they are sort of hemmed into that little area. But unfortunately, like, like everyone loves the home ground, you know. And like, like in fairness, I don't even hear them draw fans, you know, pointing out. Uh, the, the boy outside of all the park and I don't want to be picking on it's just going to go picking on them talking in the show but your ground's a kiss so you know there you go but uh, yeah look going back, going back to Richmond it, it does need investment you know like you said the shed now has, um, has been taken down for health and safety reasons which it's never a good look you know like, again just like picking on just all the park there you know like probably one of the worst away grounds in the uh, in the league same with Finn Harps you know because there's no cover and now we're uh, slowly find that I know the away fans do have a little section in the main stand but the majority of them are bigger games they tend to stand behind the shed now that there's no coverage at all for them uh, if you ever sat in the main stand you know the leg room is even worse than Ryan here you know, if you're anywhere over the height of 5 or 6 good luck because it's going to be an absolute nightmare so yeah it's look, while I like Richmond you know I had some absolutely amazing memories down there it was um, we, we thought the we were dealt a bit of a blow that time when the Richmond Arena didn't go ahead, you know, it was obviously it was it was it wasn't the planning permission wasn't approved approved back in two thousand and nineteen. So yeah, well well the plans for that thing that's been brilliant, you know, not only for the club but for the uh, the general area around in Chicago and around St. Michael's State across the road in Richmond Park, which we were gonna uh, go in with the stadium and new facilities like the shopping centre and libraries and things like that. So it would it would have suited both sides but yeah, for some reason, Dublin City Council uh, didn't, didn't approve the planning permission and they're going to go with 500 uh, council houses to, to go up onto the site instead, which, again, trying, not, trying to take me St. Pat's hat off a little bit, I, I still think having the stadium there would have been brilliant for the, for the entire area. 
not only for the League of Ireland football, but you could have had, you know, uh, European games. You could have even had concerts down the line. You could have had whatever it may be. So, yeah, well, I do love Richmond. It definitely does need um, a lick of paint, to say the least. Was that not a bit of a paper filler? Like, was that ever really going to happen? Was it not just Pat sticking out no. some sort of information there and saying, listen, this is what we'd like to happen, but we don't really have any kind of a plan? No, I, I think in hindsight, yeah, it's, um, we all got very excited. I, I, I went to the mansion house and they were having a talk about it and we all left like, oh, brilliant, you know, like, like a 12,000 seat, uh, that was the proposed capacity, 12,000 seats in, in the middle of the car, you know, it would have been brilliant. But uh, I think even the representatives of the City Council Housing Department even came out and said that it was never a run of at all. So I think that that says all they need to know, really, doesn't it? That they're coming out and saying that there was, there was never much uh, much real planning or anything behind it, or, or much oomph behind it. It was more so, like I said, just throwing some plans, throwing some proposed plans out there and hoping that they go ahead. Okay, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna just going to throw these out. You can... You can uh Tell me if I'm wrong here, but uh, Shamrock Rovers obviously well backed with the Dublin South County Council. They have a, a fine stadium and it's going to be a fort. Uh, it'll be basically completed in very, very soon. So they've got a good stadium there. What, what will the capacity be? Would it be close to 10,000? Was it 8,000? Something like that? I'm, I'm not sure what that is. Uh, Cove Ramblers have a their stadium. Have any of you been down to Cove? Yeah, I like Cove, yeah. Uh, I like Cove as an area too. It's like it's such a scenic spot, isn't it? When mm. you get down there in a good day. But in fairness, for the full division, you know, like all four stands are covered. You know, it's so, a neat um, stadium, isn't it? And, yeah, it's neat, and, it, and that's what it's saying. Like going back to Richmond and stuff. Like I like the stadiums that are nice and compact. You know, we don't like get like going to somewhere like like Waterford down the RSC. You know, while it's, it's decent enough facility wise, they're miles away from the action. You know, where you go down to St Commons Park, it's it's nice and tight. You're close onto the action. There's good coverage. Um, into like now blocking it out from the elements which is badly needed in Ireland and like I just even said there like it's good for for the fourth division but even for the league in general you know like, like there is ground in, in in the Premier Division that's a lot worse than going to golf. Yeah, um, Drogheda United. I'm not a fan of Drogheda United. It's I, I don't I think it's yeah I don't like it. Uh, yeah. Cork City. I, I like Corks. Corks is nice again and nice and neat. There's, you can see there's some top uh, top process in it. Anyhow, it's, it's it's a nice stadium. Again, have you been down? I haven't been in Cork City Stadium. What, have you been in it? Yeah, yeah. It's um, miles away from Dublin, but you know when you get down there, it's great. You know, it's genuinely probably behind uh, Tallaght Stadium. It, it's probably the second best uh, ground w- within the league. Yeah, yeah. when both both divisions that too, you know, like again, I think I'm probably going to get onto it, but I think Bishop's Gate will be up there too. With their like Bishop's Gate, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's mostly all four sides of seats. So if you have the likes of uh, Turner Court, Palace Stadium, and Bishop's Gate with four seat four uh, seated sides, it makes a whole big difference. But the only thing with Bishop's Gate is it's mostly open, and in the Midlands, that's just not what you want to be having in the middle of the league. Middle of August, and even time in August, and you're going, you're going along for the way. It can't be the most enjoyable experience at times. No, uh, UCD, we know about UCD. I can't see that ch- changing ever. Um, Derry City, I mean, Derry City have developed their stadium. They've got a nice main stand now as well. The the original stand uh, over the far side, I, I don't know. They like it up there. The, the sort of arched area across the way they, they like it up there they pack it out so uh, I, I suppose if they're not complaining we can't complain about it but it's a nice place I just don't know about Astro Pitches I, 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 I don't know I think Astro Pitches should be banned uh, Galway United have a nice little stadium Cabin Teeley is like an absolute dive 
Sligo Rovers, yes, Grand Pats, fine. Treaty, the marketplace. Anyone been down to the marketplace? I haven't been there. Yeah, I like, I like the marketplace. It's a good, it's a good place to uh, good ground, good, good place to, to have a game of football. Again, the away section, you're a little you're a good bit away from the action. Uh, just, just the way it's laid out. But yeah, overall, it's facility wise and things like that, and the, the, the selection of seating and the ease of getting in and out of the ground. Yeah, it's really handy. Because uh, I'm delighted to see it back. And I've said it a few times, but yeah, delighted to see them uh, see it back now in the fourth division this season. It's it's, it's too nice of a ground not to be getting used, if you know what I mean. Yeah, but still needs a bit of work done on it, I think. Uh, Car Shelburne now will be hopping in with Bowes, so Talca will be no more. Uh, and Daily Mount, both of them will have a, a, a nice stadium. Uh, 6,000, I'm, I'm, uh, Neve, it's strange that it's only going to be 6,000 when you think of t- two clubs going in it together. You would have thought it would have been hitting. You know, the 10 and even, well, I suppose you don't, probably don't need more than 10 in the League of Ireland, really. So you would have thought it would be hitting that when two clubs are getting involved. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was expecting. I was expecting maybe nine or 10,000. And I did see a lot of supporters of both those clubs on Facebook as well saying that, that it seems a lot of money considering it's only going from 4,000 odd to 6,000 feet. But again, you have to remember it's a whole community development thing. You know, they're, they're bringing in the libraries, community rooms, things like that. So I think it's a really important development to just, kind of joins the community and the area to the club and it'll bring in a lot of supporters as well. So it's not all about the seats, you know, um, at the same time. So that's a really important aspect of it as well. Yeah, no, it's great to have the library there that Shells fans can read the history books there and when the last one a trophy. Um, I'm only messing, I'm only messing. <laughs> don't, be, uh, don't, don't, be, don't be silly, Shells <laughs> fans Any complaints, send them on to Nathan. I'll send on the email address yeah, to you. Yeah. Uh, Waterford. I don't live in Dublin anymore. <laughs> uh, well, we're up to 20 kilometres. We'll be down soon enough, Nathan. Uh, <laughs> Waterford, yeah, I, I agree. They, they'd run a track around it. But at least there's a, a, a main stand there. I, I'd li- I still like to see them develop that further. I think that, that that can be developed. It's a bit like West Ham when you over in England when you look at that stadium and you think, yeah, it's an all right stadium, but it's just miles away. So what's the point? Uh, at Lone Town, again, nice, neat one-stand stadium. It's nice if they could just build onto that now. And of course, Nathan, you had them tipped for the first division and they're doing you proud so far. Your second team or your third team. I don't know how many teams. You might have all the teams. I don't know. Uh, but they, they, they have a, a, it's nice and neat and it, it, it looks well down there. Wexford, yeah. Wexford is, is, is it, it's a bit sort of put together, isn't it, Nathan? Yeah, uh, probably behind the. Uh Jot is uh, ground, it's a bit mad. Just, yeah, they have to, the temporary stand that's been there for a long time now. Yeah. Uh, in fairness, the one we can go for, go for Wexford, if you, if you get in early enough, you can go to the clubhouse and get a point. So, oh. you know, that's, oh. a, that's, a, that's a massive plus in the league world. Okay. <laughs> That, that's a winner. Okay. Uh, yep. Of course, Finn Harp's hoping to have their new stadium at uh, Sion. Bray, another one. It's been there for such a long time now and, and it really needs to be developed. And of course, Dundalk, as you said, um, for league champions, it's, it's really, really poor. Nathan, you have fans' questions? Yeah, I have just a one. Um, thanks for everybody, you know, keep sending them in. See uh, Sergio on the, the big kickoff on our social media platforms and get those questions in. We, we love to have them and we love to spark it at eight, which I think this one will because I only, we only got the one this week and this, this could go either way. This could go on for two minutes or this could go on for 40 minutes. Uh, it was sent in by Ronan Kavanagh. Again, Ronan, uh, big shout out to you. He, he, he sends them out on a fairly regular basis and they usually have to quicker. Uh, I suppose just, just to give people a little bit of context for a second, we'd normally, like I'd normally 
you can now let us know what the question's going to be and you can have discussion now with that but this one was just one of them where like nah we have to put them on the spot so Rona wants to know after all that intense build up who's your favourite all time player from your club well that's a good one because my club isn't in the League of Ireland my club is Luke and United so so go on what? Oh, probably me <laughs> Dave is somewhere snapping. <laughs> yeah, because he can't. He he, he idolised me. So, Nave, we, we go with you. I'm going to go for Joseph and though I'd say. Uh, had a brilliant turn with us, class players, scored a load of goals. I have to go for him straight away. I thought of him or Kataro, but I'm going to go with him though. Yeah, that's a solid show. I think you'd be higher pressed, wouldn't you, to find. And he's yeah. like a Rovers fan, maybe under the age of 30 or 40, especially that that would would find it hard to go against. Uh, Joey and always absolutely adored down in Florida, mm. isn't he? Nathan, who have you got then? Yeah, that's always a toughie, isn't it? Um, I've been going to games now for quite a while, since 2002. So, you know, I can miss the heyday of like, the, the Paul of Zams and Eddie Gormley. I got Eddie Gormley, but he was sort of it's coming towards the end. And, even Paul McGrath during his short spell, you know. So, if you cop out for a 24, I'll just sit here and pick one of them, I think. Mine, it's probably, you might get one or two people saying it. But it wouldn't be the one, I wouldn't say it'd be the go-to player, but I love Killian Brennan of St. Pat's. I cannot stress that enough. I think he was absolutely fantastic. And generally, still probably hadn't replaced him since he left back in 2018. He had uh, two spells at the club and he was absolutely brilliant. You know, like you know what Killian Brown's gonna give you, you know, he's gonna give you that little bit of a rough and tumble in the midfield, but by God that last could play football, he, he, he set pieces, he passing ability on the ball, he's reading up the games, absolutely fantastic. Would have genuinely probably won the best uh, players within the league in the past twenty years. And successful at past as well, you know, he won a league in two thousand fourteen, won an FEI Cup. The famous FAI, FAI Cup that we were waiting over 50 years for in 2014. Uh, and a, a Senior Cup winner too, you know. that's well, Everyone wants this Lentor Senior Cup. But yeah, um, I think, yeah, genuinely, Killian Brennan is always my go-to answer for that question. Well, I, I, for me, for the player that I used to always watch playing, like you can talk about Wes Hoolan and all, there's so many really good quality players. But Paddy McCart always got, yeah, off, you know, bums off seats. So you talk about, and I just I love the way he attacks players, and you know, just lazy dribbles, and you want to see that more. And I think that's why I, I again this year now with Jordan Gibson, I like to see players being able to go and attack players and and make players uncomfortable by you know dribbling at them and having a go at them. So I always thought Paddy McCart was someone that. You know, I think every team wants a player like him in their team. You know, someone who can just open up stuff. Uh, there was a player, who, <laughs> this is funny because myself and my brother, I used to bring my brother to see Shelbourne. I don't know why. I think it was, I don't know, the bus went there or something. I don't know. We, we went in anyhow. We used to go and see Shelbourne. I just wanted to bring him to see Football League of Ireland. And uh, I don't know why we didn't go down to Pats, but I think it's because when we get off the bus, you have to go walk. And so uh, here it was just boom, up the... I think it was two buses up to Shelbourne and I think Shelbourne were probably doing well at the time anyhow. but Carl van der Velden do you remember him? probably Carl wouldn't no, it, it, and actually you yeah, probably wouldn't he was 1999 to 2000 season <laughs> oh it would have been true so my my brother used to go in and we used to watch these games and 
this was one of the, he was Dutch and he was one of the players that you know oh Caravan de Velden's playing he's, he's a Dutch player you know and, and when you're seeing sort of a, a, a foreigner you call them coming into the league you know oh, he, he's like he, he's oozing class because he's a foreigner just because he's a foreigner other than that but he actually was he was he was a decent player uh, so I just googled them there right now while we're on the show and uh, I just found an article here a former League of Ireland winning footballer has been arrested in Italy and has been probated for stealing a tourist's wallet so uh, there you go so that's where it gets you he also said down the very end of the article after failing to settle the following season he moved to Scarborough uh, Russian and Diamonds and eventually ended up with shells. He said, he told the Dutch paper in 2004, the level in Ireland is very high and Dublin was the most beautiful city he ever lived in. So not only does he rob stuff, he's a liar. So that's... <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that, that, I just thought that was interesting. That that's, uh, that we, we should have a, t- a thing of where are you now? Um, that, that would have been an interesting one. That's it. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, there's a double header next week. So we've got games on the Friday, Saturday night. And then um, there's a, a full list of games on the Tuesday night as well. So the league table is going to drastically change over a matter of three, four days. So uh, we'll be looking forward to it. Nave, Nathan, thank you very much.